0: In our area, what people initially used was 80% Excel and 20% there had been existing players that had been for 20 years around where back then civil engineers built software for themselves. Are we a horizontal company or do we become a vertical company? We picked the decision to become a vertical company. We're not following a use case across industries, but we decided to follow a user throughout his journey. I think just getting everything into the system and away from paper is just the first step and you're not reaping really the benefits. What what you really want to get is you're getting it away from paper, you get it into standardized processes.
1: Welcome to the Platform Pioneers, a show about the bright minds behind the world's largest digital platforms and the stories of how they built them. I am your host, Kuros, and together we'll uncover the secrets behind creating, scaling, and managing some of the most successful platforms out there. Welcome to the Platform Pioneers podcast. Today we are joined by Sebastian Schuon, the co founder and CEO of Alasco. Alasco builds software that provides financial controlling and ESG management solutions to companies in real estate and construction industries. Before Alasco, Sebastian built Stylite, a fashion and lifestyle aggregator, and sold it to ProSieben. He's a board member also of Personio, the chairman of Luminovo. But Sebastian, without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about Alasco's vision, what your company does, what kind of target customers you have, the pain points, etc. The stage is yours.
0: Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, I'm honored uh, to be here and I enjoy it. What, what's, what's our purpose? What, what's our drive behind Alasko? Um, we're really looking to change one of the largest industries in the world, um, both in terms of how much money spend and how much people they work. But it's also the largest industry in emitting CO2 by far, unfortunately, to change that industry, to do some of the things better. And uh, we're especially doing this along the lines where we are good, which means building digital tooling, supporting the industry to be more, more digital because um, construction has been historically among the lowest productivity industries. Uh, and we see there's a lot of opportunity for everything we learned across all the other industries. To be put it in place, um, I'm there, and so what we're helping customers. So our typical customer is someone who owns an asset, who's in charge. Because we learned, if you want to change an industry to be more digital, it makes a lot of sense if you go to the person who's in charge. And um, That's just so much easier. So we're building tools for them, digital tooling, to see where's my money, what's the um, CO2 emissions of my buildings, how do I change that and tooling to, you know, actually run that change. It's not only showing you here you have a problem, but we want to go here you have a problem, here's what you can do, and here it, it takes you five, five years, up to five years to change things, right? I mean, you want to rebuild the building. So to manage all that processes, so that's, that's what we do in short.
1: Very interesting. And maybe, maybe let's uh, touch upon that. Um, how can software... Uh, which, you are, which you are building and which you are developing, uh, have these real estate companies meet their environmental, social, and, and governance goals. And why is, is ESG so critical for companies that own assets? Maybe maybe to explain a bit to the audience, why is it so critical and what, what can you specifically do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I mean, we basically as a society decided sustainability, what, what happens in 10, 50, 100 years is much more important to us than what's happening today. Because I mean, I think the last 100 years we would be more focused on what's happening today and tomorrow rather than 100 years. So this is, this is a mandate we have as a society. Then government says, how do we get this implemented? They made laws. And the only way people be, behave, what we unfortunately learned, is through money and laws. So there is by now laws in real estate that mandates if you want to have, um, be part of the financial market, you need to report, how are you doing in terms of sustainability? And uh, they're also pushing um, that people only can invest into funds or in assets that apply, have certain high um, sustainability standards. So this is where pressure comes for people that own assets to actually do better. And what we are now doing is we help them to implement um, the, um, all the regulations, everything they need to, they need to do. Uh, we have to implement that. And this is where it's awesome to go in with with software, because it's a green field, right? There's no process that has been there. Uh, and, and the industry is sometimes reluctant to change from the way we did it to why should we change. But here, they need to change. It's it's forced upon them. And so they're not starting it with Excel, they're starting it with software. And really we can help them. It's it's a people, you know, have to understand people have up to three hundred Assets, they don't know where we are in those assets. They need to cl- collect information across them. So this is something where we really need something digital. And so basically, what 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 we support customers in is understanding, getting transparency. Where am I? To understand what do I need to do, and then basically execute it. And and you can see us a little bit in like how DATEV is sometimes in Germany. At least DATEV is a is the German bookkeeping software, accounting software helps you to implement what the government wants in terms of tax regulations. Um, people say what's in dataf is the correct thing, basically. They don't care what's in the law. It's what, how DATIF implemented it. And sort of this is how we are for, for our customers. If they follow the Alaska way and the software, they know they're complying with the law or the regulations
1: very interesting and kind of like this compliance with ESG criteria uh, in general you kind of combined with a financial and controlling angle as well how did how did that uh, happen or how how's this connected did you start more with the financial way then moved into ESG how kind of like was is is the synergies of these two items
0: so so we follow basically our customer we started as a software that helped construction companies or people that, that build to approve invoices because it's still done on paper it used to be done on paper it, the construction and real estate industry is very different from most other industries. For example, they would actually write on invoices. They change something on the invoice and want to pass this on. No other industry does that. So it needed a, a dedicated solution. And we followed from invoices into controlling, cost controlling, into revenue management. And then soon learned people are looking for the, you know, for the for the, for the further horizon and wondered, is, is, my, is my building, is my asset uh, compliant or what can I do? And really, these things are interconnected. If it's not compliant, what you need to do is you need to invest. And this is when it comes back to managing finances. So there's a very tight connection to where am I? What do I need to do? And what I need to do is always translates into investments. And we basically manage that investment for them. So this was our original part. And we, add, we basically went to why do people do investments and help them build, build that part. And in the end, people, the, the market structure is built in such a way that you get financial incentives if you perform better on your ESG measures. And so this, in the end, as an investor, as an owner, you want to look into, I, I take measure X, how much do I get out of it? Um, a very simple way to, to illustrate is we pay carbon tax. So now you can run the calculations. I invest X amount of money, so I'm saving X amount, Y amount of carbon tax over the next 20 years. Is it is it a good investment or not? So So really... Because the incentive behind everything is euros or dollars or whatever the currency you're, you're doing in it, this is why it makes so much sense to bring these things together.
1: Makes makes a lot of sense. And it's it's what is interesting and what I always like to discuss with the guests um, is this sounds like a fairly, um, let's say, localized approach. So you are Germany. German carbon taxes, but obviously it's it's a it's a worldwide issue. ESG is a worldwide issue. How did you, from a go to market perspective, from a regulation perspective, tackle this, and and where are you today in terms of like coverage for markets and and uh, where the product stands?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so luckily, and I think we did something right here as a European Union. It's European uh, European regulation. It obviously needs to be implemented in local law, but. percent it's it's european Um, and and so this is really good and because we as europe are leading it um the there's for example a a standard how how you should decarbonize and which speed a building it's called crempath it's being now adopted in the european union developed somewhere in Innsbruck in austria and um, it's it looks like as it's being used as the global standard so because we as europe are leading we can also set uh, set the standards, which is good for our, for for European startups, for that matter. And so what we do in terms of an uh, internationalization approach, we started Germany because this is where our bases are, where our customers are, um, and we follow our customers abroad. So Alaska is being used in 13 countries uh, across Europe uh, today, and that's the beauty of software, right? I mean, you, you can go to other countries, and following your customer is a is a really good way in in figuring out, A, do you have product-market fit? You can learn it quite easily, um, and the other thing is, you you get immediately success stories. It's the bigger customers which are across uh, uh, multiple countries, and then you have a big logo. And this is what we learned: we need for a market entry, you want to have a success story, and you want to know it works in that uh, in in that country. Because how do you do your outreach? You're calling and say, "Hey, company X and Y is is using it." You want to do that too. This is much more easy than I'm a new startup from Germany. I don't speak your language, but could we? Do you want to entrust your financial data to us? Uh, that's a harder sell.
1: that's 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 indeed a hard sell and uh, and, and a very smart uh, smart way to do it. So kind of like uh, when you when you think back of the time when you did your original uh, go to market, was it um, that you had competitors that people always compared it to something you mentioned dative, um or were you kind of like really uh, on your own in that category and had to educate people when when doing that go to market?
0: Yes, so, so that's the advantage. The disadvantage, we to some extent are building a market because interestingly in our area, what people initially used was 80% Excel and 20% there had been existing players that had been for 20 years around where back then civil engineers built software for themselves. But it was not software as we we would know it in the startup sphere as online, collaborative, good usability, but it was Windows 95-ish software <laughs> um, but it had a lot of feature depth uh, built over 20 years obviously and so we needed to educate and build the market in terms of telling people that it's actually good to have a standardized tool which all collaboration usability is much more important than you have your Excel you can tweak to the very last extent um, and I think that's part of the education we, we have to do so th- they compare that to what they did I mean people are building buildings for the last 5,000 I don't know a lot of years but so we have to uh, convince them that the approach we are doing what modern software can do for you is a fundamentally better approach
1: uh, interesting and where was in which country that's Always, uh, uh, something interesting. Obviously, also something interesting for for the company uh, that uh, that I it's like, which country actually got it or had the furthest thinking uh, in in these terms and said like, hey, actually, um, yes, yes, these are the pain points, and I'm I'm really willing uh, to do a change because I I could see all of these benefits. And Where do you had to kind of like had to do a harder sell and explain more and educate more? It's a
0: different axis, yeah. interestingly so um we thought many of the um coming from germany all the other countries are much more ahead Um it turns out that in how to control a construction project um the germans are close to what they really love to do controlling and they're <laughs> actually quite quite ahead and and a lot of the thinking that's being used in germany is slightly adapted in other countries i think the the germans much more look at it from a this needs to be feature complete this needs to be accurate as as hell we are engineers and interesting, for example, if you go to the um, UK or, or the Nordics, people think much more from an investment perspective on it. What do, I, what do I have to put in? What do I get out? An 80-20 solution is maybe right for me if it helps me to make a decision fast. And the Germans, they want to get to 99.3% accuracy. So this is the different thinking that, that, that we're seeing. And then people have different needs until they adopt something new.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. So, 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 you went to the to the hardest market first, I guess, from a future perspective. Then, but maybe that's um, in hindsight. I think it's maybe a good
0: thing, right? I mean, we can sell German engineering planning quality. I thought the the British must
1: be way ahead of us. But that's 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 interesting. Um, I mean, you have mentioned it. Um, you're kind of like also tackling this challenge of manual processes, manual changes in invoices, and when you think about the the benefits of automation collaboration that's that's a big theme in in a lot of industries. How could you maybe at some point move the knowledge that you have in a very complex industry where assets are managed, et cetera, and move to another industry? Is there any thinking, any kind of like like uh, forward thinking? It's like, okay, what could be the, the next steps from a vertical perspective? I think
0: there's a fundamental decision as a company you have to make at some point. Are we a horizontal company or do we become a vertical company? And we picked the decision to become a vertical company. So basically, we're not following... A use case across industries but we decided to follow a user throughout his journey um, and i think in our case um, it, it, it makes a lot of it's needed and makes a lot of sense um, you as, as a founder or a, a, if you build a company you want to look at the market size um, so horizontal obviously has to some extent infinite market sizes um, i don't know if you're looking at persona HR, hr software basically every company out there needs it so the market is large if you're looking at vertical Um, If you're building something for the fishing market, I don't know how large a fishing market is, but I believe it won't be trillions, fishing management software, whatever. Um, So there it's a really harder sell. But but we with the real estate industry, which is approximately 10% GDP in every country, uh, this is in itself, again, a, a large market. And we believe because this market is so large, it has developed into, we're doing things different. And this is why... The market hasn't seen a lot of software and hasn't seen all the productivity gains we've seen across industries the last 30 years. It needs dedicated software players that, that solve problems their ways. Um, and then, if you're talking about standardization, optimization, I think this is exactly what we need. Um, this is why we didn't make the productivity gains in construction and real estate because we never, we didn't use the good Ford manufacturing belt. We didn't got to standardization. It's crazy. We're the way we. The the process we build a, a building is individual. It's every time different. And at the same time, the building is highly individual. So you're not getting any standardization gains. And this is where we need to get as an industry. And we think we can get there at least for the process. Every building can be individual. But why don't we standardize the processes how we do things?
1: i mean i mean uh, totally and it's it's i c- i could see it uh, being a bit um kind of like a a homeowner and and having a, um a couple of uh, of resets myself that this is i mean the amount of paper trail that you have is is uh, humongous obviously not i'm i'm not on that uh, very professional professional and what also if you look at at your solution um kind of like uh, what is like the next step to to get maybe to a hundred percent digitization, or maybe your your customers are already a hundred percent digitized without any paper? Like like what would you kind of um, uh, still still want to tackle with with features in the next time?
0: So what we think is of different levels of digitization. I think just getting everything into the system and away from paper is just the first step, and you're not reaping really the benefits. What what you really want to get is you're getting it away from paper, you get it into standardized processes. It's, it's every time the same. Because if, if the two of us are building it, and then with that, we can always tweak the process slightly. It's not that there is not definitions in Germany. Of, of, of course, there is a Dean uh, industry norm in Germany, how to do all these things. But everyone says, I'm not working on the Dean, but I'm working on a slight adaptation of the Dean. And this is where all the productivity gains then go uh, go bust. So I think the next steps really are is if everyone works in the system, we can have standardization. We can suddenly figure out where's the bottlenecks and optimize them away, maybe change the process slightly. And then even there's higher levels where we see now that we have standardization, we have standardized data, which we can compare so we can make data-driven decisions. In real estate, nothing is data-driven because everyone does it themselves on a different process. You can't compare, so no data-driven. So I think that there comes second order effects that get really interesting. And this is where we're working on right now. That the data is there to make data-driven decisions, and once you have everyone in this digital e- ecosystem, you can have even have different business models where people are doing different things. And I think this is this is what we're seeing. For example, what, what get paid it's it, because everyone is there, and we have the processes standard how you buy things. Now you can run different business models which which are being supported. We we are just at the at the very basic thing of in construction where we're trying to get it away from paper to standardize to reap these benefits and I hopefully in five years we're seeing, oh there could be actually really interesting business models
1: to be run on top where we think stuff completely different. I think that's and, and that's the beauty of it. that's the beauty when you have like a really strong uh, software platform kind of like that you can 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 build upon that. Maybe let's let's take that view. If you look two to three years or four to five years um, in the future, what will be maybe customer behavior? That's gonna change, and what will be the topics that, that that you guys might be working on in terms of like uh, development? Will it be internationalization, very strong, going out of the EU? Will it be rather okay? I'm I'm going to go from um, ESG financial controlling into other, let's say, product lines in that vertical. Like like, how do you, how do you envision that? I think that the short answer is we do both, right? We are looking on one hand. This is not
0: a German play. Uh, this is at least uh, something we're in Europe, and we're being we're, we're being act- actively pulled by our customers abroad. So we're following this, and and just that that's the beauty. We're, we're following what, what we're following what the user needs. What's a U.S.P. for us that we're the only player that can do this across borders, that can do this multi-currencies and multi-languages. So we're following our customers abroad, and the other thing is we're following our customers in their life cycle. This is how we develop our software, coming from the nucleus to what is it that you need. And, and this is how we envision it, that we add more and more use cases or areas our target co- uh, user uh, is using to make this much more integrated for for him or for her, and that we can gather data that we're not only working in silos, but we can actually make jointly better decisions. Because this is not a challenging industry. Everyone looks at one thing. This is cheaper. Let's do this. But the reality, this is cheaper, but this is on a sustainability. You're emitting more CO2. And you need to find a balance on these things. Life is not that easy anymore. That you just one one dimension you decide. And I think helping there our customers to develop along that along those lines. We're seeing a big trend in the industry right now that people get into. We're not building assets right now, but we're holding on to them right now. Um, we try to manage them, maybe because market situations have changed. Um, so our customers have new needs, and
1: we're following them. And we're here to serve. Yeah, I mean, that, that that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that's that's exactly the right approach. If you maybe have an internal lens on um, thinking about the future, kind of what um, additional means. And that's a big thing for a lot of uh, SaaS companies, uh, platform players, etc. What kind of additional means of revenue are you thinking about? You mentioned it's it's a strong uh, financial and controlling play. Uh, just mentioned a couple of names. I mean, you see players or obviously in the horizontal side, they do card issuing because they want to connect it. That's more for SMEs. You see players in the invoice space. They kind of like try to make money with payments. Like what is what is the thinking there? Maybe there's no play, but like, is there any uh, kind of like thinking could be could finance uh, play a role at some point in your platform? This is
0: certainly thing at, at, at some point um, that you can think of. Is there additional product uh, you can add? For now, we see ourselves as, as a software pure play and we think um, we can help people really by also connecting stakeholders so can we maybe support the bank that they have more insight into how a portfolio of them is performing because they're not getting the report every year but the the project owner can have a interface where she or he sends this with a click every week or um, shares some of the data so so i think this is where we see ourselves is right now in connecting in connecting the players um, in our industry, luckily, many of the finance topics are okay-ish solved. This is very different in the U.S. Um, handling payment between subcontractors and contractors is a huge thing. Luckily, Germany, uh, Europe has the SEPA payment region, which is okay. I mean, people are wiring high amounts of money with a low frequency. And, and their automation helps just at a very, very late stage. It's totally okay if you're wiring 200k per in, per invoice that a human looks at it and you don't automize it. If you would be wiring 10,000 of those at, uh, at 20 euros, um, we definitely have to automize it. I think that's something we're also preaching is looking at where's the benefit of software and not only implement everything for the, for the sake of implementing, because yes, as an engineer, I can do that. But does it make sense? And so I have a bunch of criterias in in my back where it says here it actually makes sense to to do digital, and here just keep
1: it doing like you're doing. It. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's exactly the right thing. It's a kind of like taking it from the customer. Is that a big customer pay point? If it's like one payment every every five days, uh, you do individually. Uh, that's that's um, exactly the right approach. Is there anything and maybe kind of like rounding off the uh, discussion on on the industry? Is there any big shift that you see can be a customer shift, can be a macro trend. I mean, you're in the real estate industry. We've just seen uh, in the last year, prices went up crazy for kind of buildings. We have seen interest rates arising that could trigger a change in maybe how people are gonna use the product or what the needs are. Do you see anything anything on the line or do you see kind of like macro trends that are, that are emerging? I, I think, I mean, there, there's a few trends
0: Huge trends we're seeing right now in the industry. One is this—they call it managed to green. We need to get all real estate is 37 percent of CO2 emissions worldwide. If you want to tackle the climate crisis, that's your main inroad because it's the largest. So there's a change going on since I don't know two or three years where everyone is trying to manage. How do we solve it? And the good—the good news is, it's actually to get the first parts done is actually real easy. It's not a lot of effort. If we get to the 80, 90%, there will be a lot of effort, but to make a start, it's really easy and we can have huge impact there. So this is one of the big, big trends we're seeing. I think another one we've seen over the last 30 years or something is that you much more work in a distributed fashion where you outsource things. 50 years ago, a project developer had 50 people on their payroll. They were on their team. And today it's maybe five people that have people they collaborate with like in a collective style. So so there's a huge change, and this is where we see our product also driven. It's good for the developer. They don't have the people on their payroll anymore, but they own the software platform. So they can bring people on dynamically. They still own, own it, what they need to own, but they have people, the very best people. They can pick for the project the very best people and have their processes standardized. So we're seeing this
1: more and more that the collaboration features is taking on. Yeah, I mean, that's that's very interesting. And that's something I think that's probably across industry, but you can see it very nuanced in the industry that you're in. I mean, Sebastian, thanks so much. We are at the end of the content part. Uh, listeners of the podcast know that we are now uh, getting into a couple of rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. Perfect. What is a final thought that you maybe want to leave the listeners, future customers, existing customers with when it comes to kind of like uh, you're thinking of the industry? Try it. Be bold. Have experiments. Think the
0: agile mindset. Like, let's try it out. Don't buy the product. Get a demo. Use it for one month. Figure out if it's good for you. Only from experience, you know. Nice.
1: Perfect. What are three bold predictions about the future of SaaS platforms?
0: That's interesting. Okay. I think one bold prediction is we'll see a lot of merging together. We have a lot of small niche solutions that need to build together. You don't get unicorns out of that. that. That's a bold prediction that will be coming. I'm seeing that we need to get find a a better balance between we're really strict about we're SaaS and you can't you can only use it that way. We need to open up a little bit more to to also have individualism in there. And I think a third prediction is we need to also learn about our revenue streams. It can be that we have some attached revenue streams. I think we always also will be seeing this that the pure. I think that rams it up. The pure SaaS will go away to a something that's more compatible with everyone.
1: Yeah, that's great. By the way, these are three great predictions. I, I, I could fully subscribe to that. Um, who, and maybe you don't have one, but who is a business leader or like a thought leader that you follow or which posts kind of like you enjoy reading, if there are any?
0: I have a platform. I, I really enjoy TechMeMe. Me. It's, a, it's a news aggregator platform. And what they do, um, you can read stuff in a chronological order. So you're all refreshing thing. Is there something new? Is there something new? No, it's a timeline, basically curated of what's happening in Silicon Valley. That's, that's what I use, uh, because I else I spend too much
1: time on Twitter. Nice. I actually don't know it, but I got to check it out. Take me. me. That's a a, a, that's a great um, kind of idea. And then the last one. What's the favorite part of your job? What's the least favorite part of your job? And what would you like to spend more time on?
0: I think the favorite part of my job is people building, dreaming, ideating with people. It's our team, but also with the customers. The least favorite part, but it has to be done, is taking decisions, uh, hard decisions. Uh, I don't enjoy them, but they need to be done. Sometimes uh, we have to say no to certain things. Sometimes we have to stop certain things. That's overall very important, but in that moment, it's not uh, what I would enjoy. And I think where I would take more time is, I think as a founder role, you're so also busy in operations, sometimes get to more in the experimentation mindset. have these two hours per week where you actually take those two hours and think of what could be the future and, and you know make this actually part it should be the priority one of every leader. it just operations kills it often and I think uh, this is where I'd like to spend more time. And I'm actually working on but you know as I struggle as everyone struggles, I guess.
1: Perfect. Sebastian, thank you so much. I think these were great final thoughts. I have to say, I really enjoyed uh, the podcast together with you. Super great insights. And I think a a super interesting industry you're in. Sebastian, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. You enjoy your day listening.